Right on radio. Right on radio. Well, good day to you and welcome back to Right on Radio. My name is Jeff and of course I'm joined by the ever almost angelically shining but more like a, a top saint of anointing. <laughs> Jesse, it's so good to see you again after the weekend. I think you're out of practice with all those names you always come up with, Jeff. <laughs> you're well, going to have to work I on that. <laughs> I don't give names when we have guests in general, but I just wanted to, to describe that the Lord is shining through you this Thank morning. You. <laughs> good and to he's going to use you so powerfully this weekend. Do you want to tell the listeners what you're going to be doing this weekend? Yes, uh, we are going to be down in Louisiana and we will be anointing uh, some of the land there. And then we'll be working with some groups teaching um, anointing prayer deliverance and uh, walking in your kingdom rights and authority. And um, that will be recorded. So eventually we will be releasing it on Right On You. Run right on you. Right on, right on, right on. In fact, that gets a proper one. Right on, right on, right on. Oh, I love toys. So, <laughs> Jesse, oh, by the way, I got to start getting back into the habit. Jesse's website is illuminatethedarkness.com. Visit illuminatethedarkness.com and illuminate your mind. <laughs> so, so, Jesse, I'm so excited about this interview that we're going to be doing today uh, this is kind of a homecoming for you in yeah. some ways yep good individual i'm ex i am so excited too i've been we've been talking about having him back on for a while yeah he was one of our first uh big guests that came on and and listen we've grown a lot since we i think it was like the 20th episode so you know we had a, <laughs> about a thousand listeners at the time or, or something like that but I just want to give a little bit of background about how important this guest is uh, to me. And, and I suggest to you, the good listener, um, you know, I started, I found his channel originally and the information he was getting out was vetted. It was detailed. Uh, it was true. It was revealing. And, uh, and so he had me as a, as in the audience right away. And I, and by the way, I still am, but then, you know, something happened and, uh, I heard Miss Zaboder on his channel and really that changed my life at that point. Uh, I, there, there's been certain points in my life when revelation has come and opened my eyes to a whole new level and seeing the world in a different way. And that was one of those moments. Yeah, he, you know, that was one of the first shows I got out and spoke on. Uh, so very meaningful. <laughs> All right. So listen, let's without let's without further ado, um, if you really want to dig deep, you got to go to a good dog. Hey. <laughs> How are you? Good dog. <laughs> Welcome back to Right On Radio. Well, thanks for having me back. Uh, how are things going over here? Well, we're having a lot of fun, first of all. Um, you know, listen, we, good dog, we talk about some of the most terrible stuff in the world. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, you yeah. know, no doubt. <laughs> uh, we've been exposing it, but at the same time, we 
can do it somewhat and not that we're making light of tragedy or anything like that, but uh, you know, perhaps as a natural defense mechanism or something, but we tend to have fun on some of the most cryptic shows because listen, first of all, we understand that God is our protector. We understand that God is our savior. We understand that God's at work in doing this. And, and, you know, we're of the belief that uh, a lot of the work has been done, uh, but yet we face a vicious enemy and, you know, at the same time, you know, laughter is a gift from God. It, it's one of the greatest ways of healing, uh, internally and, and even able to deal with this. So, you know, we, we've, uh, our, the show is metastasizing in many different ways and, uh, and we're even going to be doing, oh, you're not going to take me serious after I tell you this good talk, <laughs> but we're going to be doing a celebrity survivor dating show <laughs> oh my gosh really a celebrity survivor really he is yes and i'm just kind of looped into it with some other people <laughs> oh my goodness so we're gonna get guys who are not in our movement who are good guys who are not in our movement so they know nothing about what's going on oh my and goodness we're gonna set them up with celebrity survivors like jesse <laughs> oh my goodness you know, see disaster coming from all of this. <laughs> that just sounds that sounds amazing. Uh, you know, what would you do if you if you hadn't been steeped in studying this stuff for twenty four seven for years? I mean, honestly, what what would your worldview be like? I, I just I shudder to think how that engagement might go. And, and so that's the question we're going to answer. And, oh. you know, as they're in the discovery process, and of course it's going to be virtual, it's not going to be in person. And, uh, sure. and my, my co-host from uh, the great British bird will be on and then we'll, uh, we'll analyze. Well, that, that actually might be something I have to turn into. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it will be. A, so it's going to get a lot of hits obviously, but it's uh it's going to be a red pill show essentially and and everyone will be treated with respect and you know no one's uh gonna come out looking bad uh you know i'm still trying to figure out how all that's gonna work you know he's gonna there's gonna be questions like have you been married before well i divorced from satan <laughs> you know i mean yeah. where else is this gonna go I mean, that's where we want it to go exactly <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i can I can actually see in my mind's eye how that's going to go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if, if people have just been on the, even a touch of the path I've been on, I can only imagine. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. That's right. And Jesse's got some intel that they, they might find interesting. <laughs> well, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what your intel is too, uh, particularly in the next, uh, the next several months. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, you said that really it, it tickles my fancy, and that's it's why why did you get into this? Where did you get your start? And I I want to I want to actually tell you that what why good dog? Why a, a little quirky, strange dog with an attitude? Why did why is that the moniker? And it has to do with God, because actually, um, like Jesse or. Yeah, a lot like Jesse, except um, more grounded in the in the world than uh, than she has been. I was serving the enemy, but not really knowing it. And there was a day on which I had a an encounter with God that that changed my life. Um, and about two weeks after that event, 
I was out walking my dog. And I was just, I was, at that time, I had learned what repentance was. And I started going down this repentance path. And I was trying to go through all of the, all of the sin in my life, because this is what the angel had instructed me to do. Believe it or not, that was a thing. Uh, if you had a whole show, I'd tell you what happened on that day. And that's a very frightening experience. But at this point, I was convinced, right? So I'd skipped over, I'm skipping over how I became convinced and just telling what happened. And I'm out walking the dog, and um, I let him off the leash on this little island in South Texas. And uh, on this little island, there's, you know, it's it's there's a lot of fish all the way around. This thing is like a little stocked pond. And Max doesn't. That's that's my dog's name, it's Max. He does not like fish, and so he was at the shoreline and he was barking at them. And um, the configuration of the island was: I was standing up on a rock and overlooking what Max was doing. And God said, that's you. And I heard it was like audible in my ear. That's you. And I'm looking at Max and he's barking at this fish. And, um, and it wasn't, it didn't strike me as a particularly kind reference. So I, I said, um, well, why is that me? He said, cause you don't have the perspective. Look over there. And it was, it was, um, this is something I felt in my heart. It's, it's so hard to explain, but I felt this in my heart. So I look over there, and there's an enormous fish, and he's missing it. Max is barking at the minnows, and he's missing the giant bass that's right there. If he had looked, it's half of his size. It was a huge fish. Anyway, and um, he said, you're going to get to the point where you lean on me and have this perspective, not Max's. And it's like, oh, oh. Okay, so that that but, kind but of you're fresh out of the world at this point. And oh yeah, yeah. You know, this is years do you, ago. Do you understand the symbolism of looking at the fish at this point and and what the big fish meant? Did you have any idea, or are you just really trying to figure that out at the time? At the time, I I understood God to mean I did not have the perspective you're intending right now. Mm. I did not. And, I, and to say that it even it even bubbled up in my mind would not be so. But what is so is that I recognize that I'm missing the bigger picture, number one, and I'm missing the really the big stuff that I want, number two, which is is my overall mission here on the earth is to get closer to God. That's the overall mission, and um, I'd just been taken away from it because I'd been convinced by the world that there was other things more interesting, but I was being interested by the minnows in the world. So, you know, this was a, a, a completely game changer for me. And the, the picture of Max in this image was taken 15, not even 15 minutes after this encounter. Wow. And I, and it was like, uh, it was a 108 degree day. It was a typical South Texas day. And, um, and he was wearing his little, his little tie. I used to make him wear a little tie. Because he's he's just a smart smart aleck little dog, anyway. Um, that that was that's the story behind Max, and that's that's really I think a, a good indicator of how things go. I I don't think too highly of myself. I've actually <laughs> I've made if there's a way to make a mistake, I made that one, and if I didn't, I'll get back to it later. I mean, it's quite literally, um, God has given me a sense of humor about my errors, and there's several. So. Um, that being said, that's that's what sent me off on this uh, on this adventure, and that's where things really got started.
so you you said you were working for the enemy, but you really didn't know it. And I think many of us, you know, particularly if we worked in high tech or any and things like that, were, were involved and you know compartmentalized idiots, as I like to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so how how do you go from recognizing the wrongs and I and, and because I've heard some of your story before, good dog, I I know uh, the technical background and why you're able to do what you do, but. How did you turn that into broadcasting? Well, actually, I'm terrified of groups, number one. I, I hate public speaking, number two. And um, this was not something I, that would have ever occurred to me. Uh, in fact, when God suggested I do this, I did not want to. I was, uh, I, I was a lot like Jonah. Back to the fish episode. Because I did not want to do it. I just I didn't want to do it. And... Um, but anyway, eventually God prevailed upon me, as he did with Jonah, and uh, and thus saved Nineveh. And that the idea, I think, is, is kind of important here, because I didn't even know the Bible back then. I mean, I'd been in church for about 20 minutes one day about uh, 48, no, 52 years before. So, I mean, it's, it, it's the number of times I've been in church was exactly one, and I didn't know anything about real faith or Christianity. I I only knew what I saw on the televangelist and I couldn't flip off of that page fast enough. So, um, you know, and so that was my overall experience. And so when this thing happened to me, um, uh, I, it was shocking, actually. It was absolutely shocking that there, my goodness, there is a God. And oh my goodness, oh my goodness, God's seen everything I've done. Oh no. Yeah. And then when that when that struck and that's really stuck, I realized that uh, I better get with the program and which basically means lean, listen to God, lean on God, rely in God. And um, and that's kind of been what's happened since. So so good dog. Take me to that very first time you did a broadcast. Oh, my gosh. OK, so leading up to this and what got you out there? So that's a that's a great question. I I had been in uh, Hong Kong. Uh, back up a step. I've been in tech for thirty five years. Um, I got my start working in um, um, application specific integrated circuits. That's the little bits, the little chips that you put into carriers and you stick on boards. So I was really at the applied level. Um, for fun, when I was in college, I was working for an electronics distributor, and my key customers were Boeing and Honeywell and and some other guys that um, you know are in the defense space. And um, and I love my country, and I I thought you know Top Gun was a great show. I mean, it was a great movie, and I I wanted to be in the military. I did. I wanted it, and I couldn't because I can't hear. I've got like an eighty percent hearing loss, in one ear and sixty percent in the other. So I, I couldn't follow an order. And if he gave it to me, I wouldn't hear it. So the chance of me actually hearing was zero. And so I I just instead became one of those guys who could just focus on a problem and solve it from, from, a, from a design side. And that ended up because it turns out that's not the greatest need. The greatest need was on supply side or supply chain. And uh, I really got good at that. And I liked solving all of the intricacies of the problems about putting together, you know, a device that has maybe a thousand or 2000 components in it and 
solving all of the supply chain problems on each one. And I'm kind of one of those guys who likes to go through and get each each little problem meticulously solved and then uh, digging through and finding out what the problems are going to be, not what they are now. So identifying the problem before you get there. So that's where I got my start. And that was uh, back in when Reagan was president, right? So I'm not going <laughs> to put too fine a point on it, but there you go. In that in that time zone, that's what I was doing. And, um, and things really accelerated from there because um, we were looking to lower the overall operating cost. And this is something that was keenly fascinating. The finance side was really interesting to me. And so um, I got I got involved on um, on uh, some of the projects that uh, Honeywell was working on. They weren't Honeywell back in the day. They were um, uh, Sun Strand Aviation that became Allied Signal, Allied Signal, then eventually became Honeywell and they were bought out. And along the way, um, because of the relationships I had had, I kind of stayed with the, the tech and the defense side. And as it turns out, um, it's kind of funny. I was I was walking through this um, building looking for uh, a new customer who was setting up a, a business. I won't say the city, but um, it's on the West Coast. And um, and I walked and I saw this guy with a whiteboard, and he was. I could tell he was perplexed because the problem that he had was a power problem, right? And when you're designing something that is power sensitive, you got to be super careful. You have to manage every single, you know, micro watt. And um, in, in, in his case, even a nanowatt, he was, he was really dealing with something that was very power sensitive. And I knew the answer looking at his board, right? So it's it kind of like, ooh, I get to look like the hero. And, um, and the answer, what he was designing was a circuit that fits inside the body and reprograms the brain after a stroke. That's what he was doing. And the problem that he had is, well, you don't want to open up the human body and you can't really charge through the skin. So what are we going to do? How are we going to make this battery last this number of years? Right. That was the challenge. And um, and so I, I just saw the answer in my head. So I blurted it out. I was walking by. I wasn't even going to see this guy. And it turns out he's the CEO of this company. Right. And he's, and he's trying to solve this problem he'd been working on for months. And you can see there's all his little writing all over the place. But I see the answer. It's the way it is now when I go look at data, by the way. Because I can see the answer before I start. And I know what the answer is. So anyway, I, I tell him what the answer is. And he goes, that's not true. That, there's no way that would solve this problem. I said, you want to bet? I said, I'll bet you a dollar. Because I, I never bet money. right? I bet him a dollar. And I said, I'll solve your problem. And we'll do it right now. And he said, for a dollar? He says, done. Make it happen. So I make a phone call to a friend of mine who's working at a company called AMI, uh, and they were they were building ASICs, right? And he had worked on a program that I did for it was a space program, and um, and so I knew him real well, right? He knew that if I made a phone call, it was, whatever the problem was, it was a serious problem. And so I got right in on this deal, and uh, I said, "Look, here's the problem statement. Described it." He says, "Oh yeah, we can do that with a mixed signal ASIC, and here's how you do it, and here's the layout, and." Here's the power number you're looking at, which was right in the green zone, what this guy was looking for, the CEO. Anyway, so that's what got me in my start uh, in getting out into the supply chain and also marrying together guys that don't know how to work together. And this is back in the early 90s, right? So this is a, well, this is a while ago. But um, that's kind of where I got my start. And that also describes how I can 
do what I do and and what it is that we're looking at. So if you go to our website, you'll notice there's a couple of things that are funny. Now, by the way, our website, I should probably tell you how to get a hold of me. It's www.gooddog-usa.com. It looks simple because Buttercup is a genius when it comes to visual communications, but it is not simple. And Buttercup is is his wife and quality control agent for yes, the, she uh, the audience. <laughs> she is absolutely quality control, and she's a she's very funny. You would never know it because she's so shy, but um, and she never got over her shyness. God fixed that in me somehow. I don't know exactly what he did, but he backed he bought me upside the head. Anyway, so um, on the website, I don't know. Can you can you bring up a screen share? Um. You know what? I would have to preload it into it, but uh, no, I've got no, no. the website up on the on the site, and again, it's gooddog-usa.com. Yeah. So anyway, what we've done here, where where you're looking at the problem, you want a cursory view, like an overview. What is the problem statement? And then how do I how do I learn under and understand um, the signal pathways, right? So, and then after you've got the signal pathways, um, what is, how are those signal pathways being used right now? And then finally, uh, the last bit, bit is, how do I make it better? And so those describe the series that we've done. The first series we did is Merchants of Menace. And it is really, what are we looking at here? What does this circuit do? And the next series, Time Machine, we go through and we look at the existing circuitry. How, how the financial plan works, how human supply chain works. What exactly does it mean by human trafficking? Where are 800,000 children going per year, just in the United States? Where are 2 million going per year from Europe, most of them coming from Southern Europe, particularly those countries abutting the, the, the Black Sea? Where are those kids going? They're not coming back and they're going every single year. Where are they going? And where are the kids from Africa? Untold millions disappearing there, right? Where are all these millions of people going? And that's that's one of the one of the signal pathways that we follow in the first series. In the second series, that's time machine. In this, in the third series, then we look at how the enemy is using this system, right? So that's called uh, War of the World. Their their objective is to is to realize the battle plan of Shiva. Shiva was the goddess, uh, it's a Hindu goddess, which is also a reference to uh, the fallen ones who came from heaven to destroy the earth and, and consume it in fire and rebuild it upon the ashes. That is what the Ashtaroth, Baal worship, the rest of that is all going down that path. That's what War of the World is. And now the series we're in now, which is Army of Light, uh, is what we can do about it and what we should be doing about it and how we can organize and how we can never, ever let this happen again. But we're we're in the thick of things right now. I mean, as bad as things are, are have been, they're going to get much worse and then they're going to get better. Okay, we're going to get there, good dog. And I can tell we've got another host on here because I, I don't even have to ask questions. He can interview himself here. <laughs> so, You're an amazing good dog. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let, 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 me, let, let me mention a couple of things because in the Army of Light series, part of it is uh, Joldi Lodolce is on there and doing some incredible teachings. We've actually promoted the show 
uh, for you as well. Good dog. And in case you didn't know, Jody Jody LaDolce is the official prophetess of Right On Radio. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) We love Jody. Jody is um, is a sister in Christ. And I I know Buttercup gets probably 30 or 50 messages a day with Jody. I know they're talking back and forth. It's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And she's such a lovely woman of Christ, but also a Marine. Yes. <laughs> tough, as, tough as heck. But good dog, yeah. I want to get back to that uh, that question. Tell me about the first time you sat in front of the microphone and we're going to broadcast. How did you get there? What was it? What was the first one? Tell me about that experience. Sure. So eventually, picking up from where we left off at, uh, you know, uh, designing circuits and stuff, eventually I got to the point where I was working for the biggest uh, manufacturer of electronic products on earth. And I was in China and I'm, I was in Hong Kong waiting for a customer to get there. It was a fortune 50 company. And, uh, the group that was coming in, we were going to end up doing their global supply chain on a $2 billion piece of the action. And so I'm sitting here waiting around and there's a hurricane going on outside. And I don't know if you've ever been to Hong Kong, but you know, the, the city keeps going underground, even during a hurricane. It's amazing. Anyway, so we're sitting there on the top floor of this hotel waiting around for these guys to show. And they, they, we had seen that they'd come into the airport and whatnot. And um, I'm waiting around. And I had an ability to, um, uh, you know, broad or actually show uh, YouTube videos there. This is before the crackdown. And um, I was listening to a, a broadcast from Tracy Beans. And Tracy yeah, Beans was was interviewing um, pamphlet over at Patriot Soapbox, and I'm just sitting there listening. You know, I, I hadn't been awakened yet at this point. I was doing my thing, and I was making a lot of money. And I all I cared about was myself, to be honest. I was so upset with the world for a lot of reasons. Things had really not gone very well. On a personal note. And so I was very angry on top of everything else. And so I'm sitting there listening to Tracy Beans talk to this guy. And pamphlet says, look, this is a matter of life and death. This is a blah, 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 blah. All the reasons he got into Patriot Soapbox. And I, that that kind of that got my attention. It's like, yeah, well, this guy was talking. I don't care who you who this guy is, but he's speaking from a place of knowing. And this is really interesting to me. It was an audacious statement, that's for sure. Yeah, and it it totally got my attention. So I'm sitting there waiting. My guys finally show up, and um, I had to turn it off. But I made a mental note when I get back to the States or back into freedom. I'm going to um, go give that a go. I'm going to see if I can find out what these guys are all about. So I listen around. A couple weeks go by. Um, I fly back to the U.S., we, we got that contract. Life was good. It's even better than it was before. And um, and I'm listening to uh, Patriot Soapbox at this point. They're about to go 24-7 live. They hadn't done it yet. They're about to do that. And, and I was led because they said something about technology. And I, I knew the answer. And I was, I'm the kid in class who just can't wait to tell you. You know, I'm that guy. And uh, so... But I could hear they weren't quite getting it right. They they had a misapprehension about the way things were working on this particular topic. So I had to call in 
So I tried to call in. I couldn't get in. It's like, this is really frustrating. What do I have to do? So I had to set up a, a YouTube account or, or, or something I could, um, not a YouTube. It was um, Discord. I had to set up a Discord account, which I couldn't make heads or tails of that for a while. Eventually, I figured that out. I sent him a text message. I said, look, I, I need to come in. I need to tell you about what's going on. And and they just, they put me on. And I didn't expect that. And so I don't know what happened. But for the next hour and a half, I couldn't shut up. And not only could I not shut up, I was laying down the law. And I was listening to some of the stuff I was saying. It's like, don't say that. You're going to get fired kind of stuff, right? Anyway, so... I do this. I actually go on to the show and um, and I'm done with the show. And all of a sudden I started getting, this is before censorship. And I started getting thousands and I'm not even exaggerating thousands of emails that I couldn't possibly hope to ever answer any of them <laughs> much. I mean, maybe I could make a dent and answer 10, maybe 12. But uh, there's no way I could answer more. And so, and people were saying, right on this and right on that, <laughs> right on radio. Right and on, uh, right on, right on. <laughs> and I just, it's like, wow, this, what is this? What just happened? Who heard that? Who heard that? That's another thing. Who heard that? And so, long story short, the Holy Spirit had gotten a hold of me, and I didn't recognize what that was. And so to this day, to this moment, I recognize that this is this is something holy that's going on here, number one. And number two, I've been given the benefit of, of the contacts and the and the things that I've run into only so that I could then speak out against it. Right. And that is what I've been doing since, because one of the things that that I was going to later reveal was that our tech companies at the executive level, all of them sold out to the Chicoms, are handing over our intellectual property and keys to the kingdom to the enemy who actually seek to destroy each and every American and know they are not taking prisoners and know this is no mistake. And it's not my words. Those are in their words. But you know what? And I just want to clarify because I, I it's not the Chinese people per se. It's the it's the million uh, people. And to be honest, I think you know really, just the, the the Chinese model is the example for the rest of the world. Uh, I don't think it actually has a lot to do with uh, with the Chicoms itself. It's all the orchestration of the bloodline families. Yeah, well, uh, let me. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna correct what it says. It's, it's correct. It's the Chai Coms as opposed to the Chinese people. There are many persecuted Christians in China. These are not who I'm speaking of. There are many persecuted Falun Gong and Uyghurs that are mus Muslim who are in China. I'm not speaking of them at all. These people love life. They love their fellow man. They are people of God. They try to serve God as best they can. And those that are Christian there, they know what they're up against. And I even, this actually came up in a, in a conversation two years ago where I was talking to someone in um, their mainland China, but they were in Hong Kong, or sorry, in Taiwan. And they were, um, they were telling me that, no, we don't want to be saved from this. We want to undergo the persecution because make no mistake, Christians are being uh, organ harvested twice what the Uyghurs are. 
And the reason we don't hear about it is because our media hates Christians. They say that they love Christians, but and they even say that they are Christians, but they're not. They're fake. And they're letting this murder go on, this genocide go on, and they they really couldn't care. That's why I don't hear anything about it. But what happens in the cities in China is they broadcast the organ harvesting. So they'll when they're when they're going to go rip somebody's guts out and toss the body out the back, this is televised in China, in the city where it's happening. And it's ha- happened as a live event. And so... Um, you know, the reason that they don't want to be saved from this persecution, incidentally, is because they believe that it's going to take a mighty work of God mm-hmm. to overthrow the the Luciferians, the um, the communists. And this is what I mean by Chaikom. It's that Chaikom is very descriptive of those who worship Lucifer because their organizational system is communism, but their religion is Luciferianism. That's right. And that is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Chinese people. I love the Chinese people. I do. And I know I know many, 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 many um, Chinese people who are wonderful, lovely people. And they would not do anything uh, like what we have been seeing. In fact, the, the videos that we have covered on some episodes that are so damning. Meatwalker. Meatwalker yeah. comes to mind. They're so damning. Come from those in China who sent me this stuff so that it would be put out and people would understand what we're up against. Cause there's no hiding from this. Somebody who's going to go snatch a kid off the street and rip out their cornea and sell them for 20 K a pop and then take the body and throw it down into the meat locker and put it out into the chop shop for sale for meat. That is a whole other, that is a whole other level of evil. And that's what we're talking about here. That's the stuff that's going on. And it's going on around the world. I think that's important to mm-hmm. mention as well. It's not just in China they're doing this organ harvesting or anything like that. Um, Jesse and I reported, uh, what was it, I guess two weeks ago now in New Jersey, 32 people were arrested, if I remember correctly. 13 were rabbis. Uh, there were some politicians. There was, they were arrested for money laundering, um, trafficking, and August, organ harvesting. Yeah, yeah, New yeah. Jersey. This is right now. That's that. That brings up a great point. The Chinese are simply their their culture has been decimated by Luciferianism or communism, and they, as a people, were preyed upon during the Opium Wars that basically ripped the guts out of their 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 social conscience, and so. After that, that now they're, they're they serve the enemy of man, and that's why they're known as the Red Dragon, because yeah. they they have no conscience at all. And the, the point is that they are not they're not just doing this for their own domestic market; they're doing this for an international market or clientele. So right. the, it's not just the Chinese; it's worldwide. This problem, it's yeah, worldwide, right. and it's a worldwide market. The marketing really got into the distribution. Yep, 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 yep. In fact, that that place that was in, um, it's 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 now since uh, changed its name, but Human Cuisine, and uh, this was a this was a restaurant down in the Los Angeles area where they sold human meat. This yeah. is this is one of the consumers of the United States, and this was not alone. And um, so this is one of the things that we investigated to follow the supply chain 
of that. And who was, who was exactly involved and how did the money flow? Right. Now, this is where it really gets interesting. When you, when you stop and look at the money flow of this business, um, you understand why it was that BCCI was brought into the United States. You understand why it was that the Clintons profited from that. You understand CCI for the listening audience is a financial institute. It what came out of what India originally, wasn't it? Good dog. No, no, no. It came out of uh, London, uh, London, city of city of London. It was chartered in 1972, about the same time that uh, Nixon was doing his business over in China, opening up China. These these things went together. And you might remember there's a there's a photo that's floating around of uh, Nixon over at the Bohemian Grove. And this was the direction he got, was to go open up China. This is what your task is. So, you know, make no mistake, this goes a really deep, really far, and it has huge ramifications because this has been planned for a very long time. You have to go listen to Time Machine, the entire series. That, that series alone is like 800 hours of material. Mm -hmm. And Meat Locker is just one tip of it. There's another one called... Um, um, uh, for Whom the Bell Tolls, an interview with Cody Snodgrass. Our second interview, which is amazing, and it gets into the human, or sorry, the uh, the drug supply chain and the weapons supply chain here in the United States being orchestrated through the FBI. Um, that episode is called uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. And those, and the Gates of Hell Shall Not Prevail is the second follow-up episode to that. And, um, and that had a reference to Microsoft, uh, the Emerald City, which is the, uh, a euphemism for Seattle, Washington, and uh, how Bill Gates got into the mixed into this thing. And this episode we put out in 2019, and we were saying at the time that there's a global pandemic coming, that they're going to release a bioweapon. It's going to come from China, and this is how this is how the system works. Here's who's involved in it, and we were two years ahead of the curve. I mean, it's it literally, it's, God has yeah. been amazing in the way he has been revealing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's where it goes from here that it gets a little dicey. Well, we're, we're going to get there in a minute, but you know, you're right. God has been directing us as well. And, you know, it, it turns out that Jesse and I have been over the target on much of this stuff. And our, our show is a lot different than yours. And I just would like to explain to the listener audience and correct me if I get any of this wrong, uh, good dog, but you know, one of the things about good dog shows and, and when he says 800 hours of material, don't let that scare you away from going there. Uh, <laughs> he has all this material because he's making historical documentation. He's making a historical record of this. And I'm going to, we're going to get to the sauce pack and some of the Intel uh, towards the close of the show. But What's important about it, and and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but, you know, listen, some of the shows are five hours long. Uh, an hour and a half of that might be a Trump speech that was on that day. If you've seen that speech, you might want to just, you know, do the little scroll thing and uh, and get back to when uh, when more intel is coming out. So so don't be intimidated by the length of the shows, particularly past ones and yeah, I, I got I got onto the, uh, the from Merchants of Menace is when I started following you. Oh so. wow, wow! So right yeah. back at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah you know, probably towards the end of that series is when I jumped on. Let yeah, me let me let me help out those that are listening to the eight hundred hours and whatever. Let me let me 
let me expand this puzzle for a minute. This is a universe of, of information that has been censored every place. And we have now have it collected for you and organized by topic. And it matches perfectly with the sauce packet, which we'll get into in a minute. But here's where it really is powerful. It's not been powerful yet. It's been powerful individually. So you wait for a really good episode. You, you see one, it's like, woo, that's a good one. And, um, and what's coming is, and we've been working on this for a Months and months and months, and we're about to launch it. And that is the um, the transcript of all shows. A searchable, filterable transcript. So if you're looking for that video segment of The Mule, right? The Mule segment, do you remember that one? Well, that was uh, a good one, yeah. The, the swan dive. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, and you want to know what were his crimes. So you type in Mule Crimes. Here's the answer. Here's the timestamp. Here's the 15 other references throughout the show. Here's how that references to President Trump. And here's how it's connected. Now, all of a sudden, what is an unapproachable 3,000 hours or 3,200 hours of show um, now is something that, my goodness, thank God it was all written down. Yeah. So that's this is this is going to expand and make available all of that stuff. And so the stuff that you can't find, like... Um, there's another uh, segment or video where we have uh, not just Meat Locker, but we're actually looking at um, supplies and chains. If I go back to one of Jesse's and I, my um, conversations and some of the things that she said about, oh, this is this will blow you away, Jesse. I bet you didn't know this. This is so amazing. You were saying that um, New Schwanstein, Castle New Schwanstein was the center of this wickedness and that there's a huge underground grotto underneath it. You type in grotto as an example, as your search term, up will come all the times that we reference this throughout all of the shows where Jesse was referenced. There's hundreds of references. And here's, here's another thing that's totally amazing. The Nazis used New Schwanstein as a storage facility for all the stolen loot. And on top of that, all of the Vedic texts and all of the, um, all the stuff they, they looted out of Asia as well, and that the Japanese were sending them from Southeast Asia was also being sent here. This is one of the only places where the allies were given directions specifically not to bomb it was New Schwanstein, even though they knew it was a data repository. Now, this is the same place where, of course, Lucifer has been. And this is, this is something that we have talked about in some depth. And so when you listen to a more recent show, we were talking about this, the link to Mengele and Ingersoll Lockwood are direct. They're direct. Oh, yeah. okay. Now you've got my attention, <laughs> Yeah. Now you've got my attention. We've been we've been decoding these guys a little bit and finding some information well, on their well, site. So, 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 before you say something you're going to regret in a minute, don't let me. Well, know. I was say, say, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. What I was going to say is suspend judgment, investigate. Because in the sauce packet, what we'll be adding are all the research that we've been doing. And, and I want to say also thousands of other uh, researchers have been adding to it. We're about to double the size of the sauce packet. Double. And, it's, wow. and we just got the new computer, so we're able to go and add all that. Here's the challenge. This is actually a, a challenge, and I'm, I don't have the solution to it yet. By the way, don't use MailChimp. 
Um, they will censor you. <laughs> As I'm scrolling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't use MailChimp. They're going to censor you. Um, but the, the in fact, we're, we're seriously contemplating adding a, a private email server and offering email addresses uh, as censorship is about to roll out. But uh, okay, so good dog that, that we're going to make that part of our uh, of our off, offline off. conversation because I actually have something that will be very interesting. Okay, good because I need that. And there's another thing I need too, and which is where to store sauce packet material. I, I've got roughly uh, two terabytes of data. Um, that I need to store offline. I've been storing it at mega.nz. They just began censoring. So it needs a new home. And so, and I've got, I've got a, a video library that's about eight terabytes of data that I need to also find a home for uh, so that people can have access to the original source material. We save everything that we present on the show. The show. If it shows up on the show, it's saved and it's saved multiple places. So if it, you know, we've had our computers hacked a number of different times, we've had a bunch of different problems, uh, it's saved, but we need a comprehensive single place that's not going to get intercepted, censored, or, or have, you know, very nefarious things happen to it. Well, you, you and I are going to have a, a good conversation and we're going to come up with some solutions. I'm facing some of the same things, uh, that you are, but, uh, it's, <laughs> There, there are solutions, and you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to study. We can't be lackadaisical anymore. Um, and by the way, what the church has been teaching about uh, Jesus Christ being the weeping Jesus on the on the cross—that's not him. That was him. Yeah, it was painful. That's not him. He's the Lion of Judah. He's powerful. He's Almighty. And Jesse, he has Satan's number. He does. I agree. His days are very numbered. <laughs> yeah, it's you know Jesus is he's the he's the he's the way he's the light he's the path he's the, the, he's the he's the stuff that's what you want and all the rest of us just serve him or should be anyway. Well, that that's just right, and you know I I only say this not not to edify myself but to encourage the audience mm -hmm. uh, as well. If you want to know why I've you know basically sacrificed my career, done all kinds of things to do, to start doing this. Well, first of all, I was inspired by good dog, as he was saying, get out and get into the fight. Then I heard Jesse and listen, once I heard like the, the, I always knew there was corruption in politics. Of course, everyone just accepts it. Why is it acceptable? But the, but when it got to the children and, and the other stuff and I'm going, yeah, what happened to these kids? And then, then when I start getting the answers to it, and they're, you know, we're not supposed to be able to even fathom this type of evil that's in the world. And when I found this stuff out, and, you know, it all made sense, it all kind of lined up, I said, really simply, I will not stand before my maker one day and say, yeah, I knew about it, but I did nothing. Yeah, right on. Get in the fight. That is so bang on target. And, you know, you know, here's the thing. There's a reason that humans were sent to the earth without knowledge. Because if we had knowledge and we made a mistake, we would be held to account for knowing and having done so. And this not having knowledge turns out to be a huge advantage. You can make mistakes. 
and you can totally hose hose up your life <laughs> and you're still good. That's amazing. That's that's actually very hopeful. And the enemy doesn't have that. That's the, why the enemy, when he apologized for, please tell God we want to get back in, as it says in the apocryphal works. Um, and God said no. He said no. And he meant it. And it was like forever. And God nailed down everything that's going to happen. Um, right down to the very last thing, including sending his son. That means that he knew about what mistakes we were going to make before we ever made them. That's right. And he knew all the different nasty places we'd be standing and all the horrible things we would do. And now we're so ashamed of, we don't want to tell anybody, shh, don't say anything. <laughs> uh, you know what? Open book. I've been forgiven. I can move on. And by the way, I, my prayer every day, literally good dog and Jesse is, I, I know I'm a sinner. I want. I, I pray that I sin less tomorrow and right. less the next day. Just less of a sinner every day until, you know, mm. I get my new body. Which, by the way, is going to be about 25 pounds lighter as I am. <laughs> <laughs> mine's going to come with more hair. <laughs> in, the, in the right places. <laughs> yes, you have to specify on that prayer request. <laughs> yeah, that's so true, right? <laughs> Watch this man turn into a gorilla. <laughs> it's it's God does have a sense of humor. I, I have to tell you, he has a sense of humor about all of this. He does. Because yeah. you know, even those who are who lose their life here on the earth, um they end up in the throne room before God anyway. And so it's all okay, it's all good. But it's the problem is that we have we have um we have a sense of responsibility when we've been confronted with it. Therefore, when we see injustice in the world, we take it on personally. And and it, we, we make the error, and I'm very guilty of this myself, um, of calling down indignation upon another. Even though it's righteous indignation, again, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So we have to keep that in mind. And, and I sometimes find myself really struggling on that matter. I, I just want to be straight up because I, you know, this has not been an easy path at all. This is not, this is not an easy go. And, and if somebody's, they, they listen to this and they go, well, you know, I can get along and go along. I would make the case to you, no, you can't. Mm. And I would also say to you, you're not going to be able to ignore it very much longer because what has been happening to us is coming to your door. And then who's going to be there for you? You know, Kitty Wertner said it best herself. When when they came, when they came for my neighbor, I didn't say anything because I was worried they'd come after me. And when they came after my sister, I wasn't I didn't say anything because it wasn't me and I didn't want to lose my household. But when they came for me, there was no one left. And this is, of course, paraphrase of an even more famous poem. And and this is this is so very important. And this just isn't a, this isn't just a Jewish thing. This isn't just a fascist German thing. Fascism. The let's define what fascism is. I think people make the error of not not being clear about what they're saying. Even me, I do this myself. And and so let's be clear. Fascism is public private partnerships where. The, the private part 
operates without any responsibility and the public part operates without any knowledge. Therefore, anything can happen and nobody's responsible. That is what happened in Germany. That is what's now happening in the United States. That is what's now happening worldwide. And that if we are not careful, we're going to end up, and in fact, I, I know this is where it's going. This is where it ends up, that there is no responsibility for the mass extermination camps that are coming. And it's not a conspiracy theory. At this point, it's a conspiracy fact. And you've got to go into the sauce packet to see the evidence for yourself. Yeah, they've built the train cars. They've built every like this. The shackles. They've 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 yeah. established the systems. They've even established the inoculation centers. And now they're in the process of being able to remotely monitor who is and who is not um, uh, inoculated or received the number. And so that's we're seeing the rollout. Yeah. And you cannot hide from this. There's no hiding. Doesn't matter who you are. You couldn't, so, you couldn't make a bolt hole, jump into it, and hope to outlast these guys because they'll find you. And yet, you know, people are acquiescing, and and I'm, I'm not going to pick on – well, I'm just going to tell a story. So we have family members who came up from uh, from South America last week. We got a surprise. Might, literally, they don't call ahead. They ring the doorbell from South America, right? Wow, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's You're like fun, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how my uh, my in laws do things, and that's eh, fun, right? Uh, anyways, <laughs> but they, uh, you know, we were talking about it last night, and because they're in a, essentially a third world country, very prominent people in the country, very prominent jobs, but to get out of the country, they had to do the Fauci ouchie, right? And oh my. And so, and they said, listen, you know, we have to see our kids and stuff and, you know, how long we have to wait and stuff like that. And they said, you know, whether it's the right decision or the wrong decision, but, but I said, listen, I said, you know, do you have to understand the bigger picture that you're acquiescing, which gives them more power mm -hmm. because you're just going along with it. The bigger problem is no, you can't, you can't travel unless you take an experimental drug, but, and, and, and it was a, Listen, it was just an honest conversation. And she said to me, she says, you know, um, yeah, but who am I going to argue with that? And how, who am I, how am I going to win? And that's how a lot of people feel today. Yeah. This is, this is what we were warned about in Revelation. Revelation 2 and 3, where it talks about the lukewarm that acquiesce and do the work and the bidding of the enemy, and do not stand up and speak out against it. We were called to stand, and stand we must, even if it means our life. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things, you know, we bring out um, with our anointing project. You know, it's like, why are we as Christians believing that this experimental vaccine is going to heal us? You know, scripture is very clear that we have a Lord and Savior who's our healer. Why are the pastors not lined up with their anointing oil ready to anoint the heads of all those who believe that God will heal? You know, as we do the biblical things, you know, he says, come, lay on the hands, um, you know, if you need healing and and seek your elders. And, you know, I keep seeing visions of that, of of pastors standing up with oil in their hands saying, okay, like, do you want to believe in the power of God? 
then come get your head anointed and believe that God's going to protect you, that, you know, he'll heal you. Um, if not, by all means, go get the vaccine. Um, but we're not even putting a show out there. We're not showing the world a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. Yeah, I agree with that. I I would say that this, um, this circumstance that we're in right now with people getting the vax and doing doing this it's not a vax i, I want to be clear about definitions a vax a vaccine is defined as an inoculation that has received food and drug administration approval this inoculation has not received that that moniker that description therefore to call it a vaccine is actually um it's it's snake oil salesmanship and on top of that, it's against the law to give it the authority it has not earned. And to make it, that matter even more strident, they are deleting the experimental data that's inconvenient to the truth of the distribution of this poison, and that is a crime against humanity. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they are robbing from the people their ability to make a good decision. Now, I believe also, I believe strongly that there is nothing that God cannot do, including heal those who have taken the jab. I believe that with all of my heart because he made us from nothing. He made the very universe that made the, the fungible elements of which we're made. So, of course, he can do anything. He can, he can, he can fix our wagon. But I, I, I think that to compound and, and compel Jesus to heal us and to recreate us from a fundamental level, isn't that doing what the enemy uh, tried to bribe Christ with, with jumping off the uh, jumping off the temple? Aren't we saying to him, "Well, prove it to me. I took the jab. Now fix me." Isn't that isn't that doing that? Now, well, there, there's there's so many people that don't know him yet, and and I think we have to take that into consideration. I and I I would suggest that it's the strong majority of people who don't know uh jesus that that have mm -hmm. taken the shot you know there there's yeah, i would a, say that's correct that's there's, there's a correct. little voice inside of my head um that just keeps telling me and look i i, I can't verify this or anything i've just and maybe it's just my prayer that i'm sending out that uh i pray that you know somewhere in the distribution chain white hats or whatever got involved and a lot of the shots are just saline. They're putting out enough of the real ones to show the negative results. And and somehow that's my prayer. Um, so, you know, not that God can't mm -hmm. fix things, but I just pray that, you know, they there's some casualties of war and, and that's unfortunate. But uh, yeah. that's my prayer that a lot of them are just uh, placebos. I pray in agreement with that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you make another comment, and I wanted to speak to it, and that's, you know, why aren't the pastors doing this? And I think that what one of the things that's happening right now that is so fascinating, God is bringing up a new crop of pastors mm -hmm. to replace the bad ones. And what I mean by bad ones are those who took onto themselves the mantle of Christianity to only receive the remuneration of Christianity, the, the financial benefit of it. Right. And you can see this in the million dollar planes that they fly around in mm -hmm. and the uh, and the million dollar lifestyles that they lead. 
And how many of these these million dollar churches that have been crafted could have been could that money have been used to save someone's life or to or to reset a family that's have a dead have it had a uh, a devastating experience and because of the this compromise and this this falsehood that's been injected into our midst particularly from those that we we rely and trust on the most that i think that their window their 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 ear to hear god has been silenced and therefore they don't have they don't have the faith anymore that is required to compel and to create the Holy Spirit delivering the miracles before us. But I have to tell you, as a, as a good news, this is not the way it's going to be. It's the way it is. And the way it's going to be is um, there are going to be those that step forward in faith where real, honest-to-God miracles happen. And we are going to be the beneficiaries of standing here and watching it. I can feel the Holy Spirit on me. I know this is so. Yeah. And I, so this is amazing. You know, one of the things, Jesse, that you said on the show that has stuck with me, and I wanted to come back to it, you and I talked about speaking of supply chains, speaking of revelation. We talked about the Frank Lloyd Wright centers. Yeah. And where we left off with that, and the last time we did that, they had been identified, and all of a sudden, it looked like some of them were going to close. And, gee, it's been a year since then. Uh, what has happened since? Are you tracking with any of that? Some of it I've watched as they've continued to sell. But what are some things you want to bring out about that? Um, well, we specifically discussed a few different locations as uh, auction houses for kids. Right. And yeah, uh, so, so for the listening audience, the Frank Lloyd Wright, he's an architect that was used. As oh, Jeff kind of froze there. He froze. He said, um, the Frank Lloyd Wright, <laughs> he stopped. Yep. Well, the Frank Lloyd Wright house the is used. There we go. You, you, uh, you kind of froze there, Jeff. We caught you after the Frank Lloyd Wright houses were used. Oh. Uh, all four. Yeah, so I just wanted to paint a quick picture because new listeners aren't familiar with that story. They didn't watch the Good Dog episode, so... <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to make sure that people know what we're talking about, and this is a particular type of architecture that, you know, basically is a signal. So without having a big sign, you can say "trade kids here," <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was the it was the IHOP, <laughs> right? Of, of right. children. <laughs> All right, so go ahead, good dog. Continue, please. <laughs> so, so my question was, what is developed? in this universe from your perspective we talked about a centroid of evil uh, emanating out of the chicago wisconsin area and sure that sure has proven to be so we also talked about the one up in seattle that was right by keytron island which is of course the location where the uh, the aircraft uh, the q400 crashed and we also talked about the one in california that was being used as an auction house and of course it looked like right after our episode uh aired that 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 um uh that whole organization was in the process of collapse so what has happened since are you aware of what's happening in that is there anything happening on the um the child rescue front in these areas i i believe there has been a lot of uh rescues in those areas but why don't you go ahead and share with us good dog what you know 
<laughs> well, I'm, I I don't have anything news actually in this area. It's just been the last thing we talked about was this topic, right? And, and so what had happened since was that um, the Frank Lloyd writes, if you remember, there was a website that we actually reviewed on that episode. Right. And we were going through and clicking through them. Well, all that website got taken down the day after our episode. It, it did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, what a surprise. Yeah, and so, that. <laughs> yeah. And some of the foundations that were connected and stuff interconnected with that, um, I think had were taken down as well and were investigated. I've heard that a lot of the houses were for sale. Some basically were shut down. So you didn't have like the tours or the different, uh, you know, some of them were set up as museums. Um, they were closed for the majority of this year. Um, I haven't seen any of them, you know, really coming back up. Um, the one in Chicago um, was torn down. Yeah. The one that specific one that you mentioned was torn down since then. I know. Yeah. Make <laughs> <laughs> this stuff on people, like seriously. And it, so these shows aren't having any impact, right? No. Well, well, we had <laughs> that show that that building had been in, you know standing since the 1920s, and it was a yeah. it was a historical site. And she discusses it, and the next month it's torn down. Gee. Well, and then we brought out like the main high priest there, Tom Brady. So he worked in conjunction with that area and stuff. Um, he died in December of this last year, and then during the Super Bowl they did an honorarium. And, you know, announce the superstar Tom Brady. And, you know, we're bringing out things like that to honor that high priest. So even the high priest from that area now um, is gone. So, wow. um, yeah, so there has been quite a lot that's happened. Um, it, it, at, you know what? Yeah. I just want to bring it full circle. And then, and then I have a very specific uh, area that I want to get into with Good Dog. But... You know, we were talking about the pastors and stuff like that, and we are pro-church. We're not speaking out against church. But, you know, some of the things that Mark Taylor brought out, and we started learning about the 501c3s and why don't churches get into politics and stuff like that. They should never be separated. Why don't churches talk against abortion and all that stuff because of their 501c3s? They're not trusting on God to protect them or to provide for them. Uh, and that's why, like, you know, Jesse has, has a ministry, and her ministry has grown thousands and thousands of people very elevated listen this is a former you know supposed to be mother of darkness is now what is now a major ministry uh you know worldwide and and even you know guys like good dog and myself if i can put myself in the company uh you know God has a sense of humor putting us in this, you know, <laughs> and, and now that Good Dog and I both, uh, listen, I got to do it. We're in ministry now. Um, yeah. You know, every Sunday we, we do a Sunday show that's dedicated to the word of God. And, you know, uh, well, our entire show is dedicated to the word of God uh, at, at the end of the day. But, you know, we're out there and we're doing the job the pastors have never done. We're talking about the stuff they should have always talked about. And we're making it, you know, from what we see in the spirit and, you know, and even what, what happened with that Frank Lloyd Wright house, look, you created the, you created it in the spirit. You, you talked about the destruction of it essentially, and then it manifests in the physical. 
everything yeah. starts with a thought. It starts with a prayer. And we're showing the power of the Holy Spirit just by these things. So I want to make the audience very aware of that and how powerful you are. If you understood how powerful you are, you would never have a negative thought again. You know, it's on that same line, and thank you for that, because it is a ministry. It is absolutely a ministry. Mm -hmm. And there's there's something really powerful and important about the, the pastors losing their ear to God, those that have, and those that have lost their faith because of, the, you know, God, they've taken the name of God and the profitability and the, and the marketing of God unto themselves. And for these who have lost their ear, um, I'm not sure of the uh, correction path that, that heals that broken ear, that, that broken heart. I know that there is one because God is perfect and he's all merciful and, and he's, he's graceful in every way. So I know that there is. Um, I just haven't experienced it. But what I can say is, for those of us who have never had a soft heart to hear God speak to our heart, this is this is my ministry is to help you develop that. There are other pastors, other other move, you know, other um, uh, servants of God who can actually help manifest other benefits, other spiritual gifts, and. Um, the ability to hear is ironic because it's the one physical ailment I have that I still maintain, mm -hmm. which is the strangest thing. I mean, I have to hear you. I've got this cranked up all the way, and you would not be able to tolerate what I'm actually listening to. But <laughs> and, and so Buttercup is always saying, that's too loud or that's not loud enough because she has a normal ear. So <laughs> I can't tell. I just simply can't tell. But the same thing is true of the spiritual ear, too. And how many of us have gone through life without the ability to understand when we're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. And then we just end up in a holy cow, help me, God, I'm stuck. And that right there is a perfect definition of a sheep. And that's that's where, where really all of us go without any protection or direction. We end up finding ourselves isolated and in trouble. And we don't want to be isolated from the flock right now. And I think that, that one of the things that Jesse spoke to and what I was asking really about is what has happened with your ministry since because um, you've got a ministry, you're going somewhere with this, and this does compel, you know, 24-7 uh, um, uh, prayer, supplication, repentance, and, and I know great things are coming. I've seen it. I've seen the way the miracles are going to manifest. There's going to be people that that come together in Christ guys like um Robin Bullock and and women like um uh what's your name um uh, Amanda, Grace. Amanda Grace Amanda Grace and and others there's another guy too that Amanda Grace is on occasionally and uh and his his ministry is powerful but these are the ones who are actually out there serving God and they're doing it you know, regardless of come hell or high water kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And this is, if we would all do that, the enemy and all of his actions would come for naught. Um, and so we should all stand. And even even if it's uncomfortable, even if you end up like Jeff here and losing your, your income or like I did, because I did that. And let me tell you how that worked for me. It was kind of like your crash and burn moment uh, with sparklers. <laughs> <laughs> remember i work in electronics 
That's very yeah. funny. <laughs> but, um, you know, but but we have to make a choice. And are, are we all in or are we not? You know, if you're playing the game of life and, and you came here to do a job, are, are all your chips in the middle? And if they're not, why not? Because it's not going to get it's not going to get easier than this. This is as hard as it gets, and this is where the metal is tested. And so, this is the challenge of our age. And even if it took a ten thousand hours or a hundred thousand hours, I'd still I'd still be up for the task of trying to put that together and to try and serve God uh, and try and stand back and look at the bigger picture, which is what we're encouraged to do is to lean on and trust in the uh, really rely on and trust in the Holy Spirit residing in us so that we can stand back and actually sur survey um, our own local environment and those whom we love, which are our family members. Amen. And, and, and listen, it's just not enough to sit back and pray anymore. Uh, we You have to get involved. You cannot acquiesce mm -hmm. to this stuff any longer. We have to get peacefully involved, obviously, um, you know, but you have to let your voice get heard and things like that. So good dog. Uh, here's where I want to go. Tell me, well, first of all, if you want to expand on Ingersoll Lockwood, not at this <laughs> time, be because there's a, there's a huge research project going on right now on that. And, um, and I've, I've got an open mic, uh, uh, request to the chairman of Ingersoll Lockwood. Uh, not taken up on that yet. Have not received an email yet, but I'm sure I will. And um, and and I want to have an actual open conversation about some of the things that we're discovering. And so, and he may he may come through and say, you know what, this is this is true, and this is untrue, and this is a mischaracterization, and that's all fine. We'll we'll take the evidence as it comes. But the, frankly, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of evidence and uh, things that need to be gone through, and. Ingersoll Lockwood has put themselves out as supporting the Patriot movement. Is that true? I guess that's the main question. That's that's the supposition I'd like to investigate. And so um, we're not ready to have this conversation yet with them because we're still amassing information. And, um, and that's where we are with it as well on this yeah. channel. So let, let me let me go on to the next few months good dog you you didn't say it's going to get worse before it gets better was a statement you made earlier in the program yep um i listen none of us are have a have a crystal ball none of us are given dates you know but to your best assessment of you know where we're sitting at today what do you see coming for you know uh, till the end of the year let's say sure um so let me talk about the organizational structure of the show, how we come up with topics and what topics there are right now. Um, how we structure the show is, is prayer. Prayer yields whatever the show is going to be about that day. And this goes back to the very first show where God actually showed me a mental image of the layout of what we're doing. And so if you go back to show number one, which is an hour long, and it talks about it's an introduction. And it tells what what the overall scope of operation is going to be. So what is the scope of our project? And um, this, the overall scope is broken down into a variety of different buckets. We're on bucket number four. This is the very last bucket, by the way. There's not a fifth one. This, episode, this uh, series is expected to be between um, 
a thousand, uh, twelve thousand, or sorry, a thousand and twelve hundred shows long mm -hmm. uh, before we're done. And wow. what happens in between? Um, I can tell you right now, the threads that we've got right now, we've got about five threads that are happening right now. The most important one that's happening right now that we are tracking on a daily basis is the, um, is the ownership of freedom. So what can we do to thwart um, those that would seek to destroy freedom and destroy people? And that's that's really what the threat is. Now, where does this look for? And you mentioned the next two to six months. And um, God doesn't reveal it to me in the, in that way. What he does is show me the idioms. And I go, oh, that's what that means. So I haven't gotten that. But I, I will say that the most important thing in the next six months are going to be the impact of those who've taken the jab. And the impact of that is that it's going to lead to mass casualties. And that those who have not taken the jab are going to be blamed. And that's on the that's one thread that is yet to um, roll forward. The other thing that has not yet happened, but is in the process of happening, is um, the the compromised departments of justice, the FBI, the other organs of government have been totally compromised by communists. And what I said, I mean Luciferians with you know Marxist that is their, agenda. Their, yeah. their, their agenda is to destroy and to destroy using the false lure of socialism socialism has at its root um you know uh take from someone uh, give to somebody what they need to survive but that's not actually true what what it is is to steal from those who produce and sell it to those who who don't produce in a way of power and that's really what the truth of it is. And so when you look at that truth, how is that manifesting now through the various organs of government, including the, the, the compromised justice system, the compromised executive branch, the, I mean, it's totally compromised at this point, the compromised intelligence branches and militaries too, as, as referenced by uh, General Milley uh, as just one example. And um where this where this goes from here is they're going to falsely accuse those who love God, Christians in particular, but those who love God as being um, terrorists or enemies of the state. And they are going to use the search algorithms that the tech tyrants, the public-private partnerships, are giving the state. Uh, to corral these individuals and put them into camps. And they haven't announced that yet, that we're still very early on in this process. I don't think it's going to happen in the next six months. But I think what, what is likely is all of, the, all of the requirements to make that mandate happen are in the process of getting played out. And I would point back to the hostages that have been taken in Washington, D.C., these are patriots who went down waving a flag, grandma and grandpa, waving a flag, thinking the country was still theirs. And um, the enemy basically is now proving the point. And just like the Iran hostage crisis, which was a, a hostage crisis taken by Iran, um, and of course the, the, uh, the mispronunciation of the term Iranian 
or Aryan uh, go together. And thus the, the Germanic roots of fascism and communo-fascism, uh, which is what we're seeing deploy right now, are going to end up manifesting. And the question is, are those who are listening now are going to wait until the Antifa knock is at your door? Because they'll take you with or without papers. They will care or they won't care one bit any more than they did um, when they when they shot um, uh, when they were looting that, that jewelry store and ended up shooting uh, Captain Dorn and you know and killing him. They, so, they didn't care then. They don't care now. So good dog, you brought up a point and I and I heard you mention it on your show. Uh, tell me how Antifa and BLM are being used now and how they've been recruited and what they're going to do. Yeah, they're, so let's step back in time and look at how how socialist read that communist uh, countries are, are created. And um, when they come in, they come in as socialists. They offer the false lure of you don't have to work hard anymore. You'll get free health care. You, you get all these goodies. Just give us the power. Let us get into power. And then we'll, we'll create this, this socialist utopia. And the utopia always ends up in assembly line murder. Right. Every single time it's been tried, 100 percent of the time, that's a good indicator that that's what its overall objective is, is when you look at 100 percent performance, you go, wow, that's really efficient. Yeah, sadly, <laughs> but that that is what we're dealing with here. We're, we're dealing with 100 percent efficient, 100 percent accurate and 100 percent genocidal mania that takes place every single time it's ever been tried. Prove me wrong. Pick an example of one that didn't do that. And if you say Norway, I'm going to point you what the Norway Norwegians are doing with their government right now, which is indicting them on war crimes, which we covered on the show last night. So don't go to Norway. Don't go to Sweden, because I'll I'll you pick that apart too. I'm sure that the uh, the parents of all those dead kids really actually care about uh, the importation of the uh, Luciferian army right now. But in any case. Um, Getting back to you know where the, where this goes from here and and how um, how we but, are to recognize. You were making point that they're going to be knocking on your door. I well, want to be uh, no, we have to go back to the we have to go back to the beginning of it. Then that's why I'm trying to articulate. I'm trying to put my words around uh, what I see and where this goes. Um, the um, the recruiting of enforcers. Of black, um, of, of black-fisted. I don't mean black people. I mean people who wear black uniforms, like the Nazis did. Um, people who are not beholden or answerable to anybody except their organizational structure, right? People like that. Stormtroopers, right? We're talking the stormtroopers. That that is what's going on right now. It's the same thing that was done in Germany. It's the, 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 the black shirts and the brown shirts. It's also the, the same thing that happened in South Africa. And when, when the Mandela, uh, when the Mandela uh, communist insurgency was offered and the world bought off on it and the world supported the destruction of South Africa and said, oh, it's because of apartheid. Really? The apartheid, was, who created that? It was the, it was the Brits. It wasn't the it wasn't the Dutch, and so and the Brits basically handed over a compromised country, handed it over to the Dutch, and the Dutch said, "Hey, look, we're easygoing Christians. 
we don't we don't like what happened either. You can have power. And in comes the influx of a power structure that filled in the power vacuum, the department the departure of the British. And they they brought in the enforcers, the African National Congress, the, the communist junta, the guerrillas that went out there and used the police officer cars that were tied together with computer systems because of the gun registries and because of the the, the mapping out of the econ social economic status of people. And they were able to filter the most lucrative markets to go after and the most beautiful women on Facebook. And so they used these tools as roving um, Mad Max vehicles to go around and bring terror whenever the power was cut off into certain areas. So they would do these things called load shedding because when they came to power, they no longer manage the power systems. And as a consequence, mm -hmm. power would go out by area and it would be coordinated with the ANC guerrillas in these cars. And this is not a racist comment. This is what happened. It's, it's actually happening now. They rent out the cars, the, the police officer cars. So that practice then is what's coming here. It's what's coming now. It's been perfected in South Africa. It was completely destructive of that social economic system. And that's what's been perfected and being brought to the United States. So when we go on to Black Lives Matter last year, and if you typed in Black Lives Matter, BLM.com, what it would bring up is the Democrat Party. Yeah. Because there's this, you know, and I've got video that supports this, incidentally, because it was saved. And now it's since been changed. But the same thing would happen with Antifa. Yeah. And you would find that these two are connected. You also find recently in a video segment, which I can send you, which I will send you, um, which documents the the support, the financial support, outfitting uh, and deployment of Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the recruitment of these same individuals for the contact tracing business that is now in the process of getting organized. So this, all of this has been organized. This is the way they're going to do it. It's the same thing they did before. It's exactly the same. It's not a race baiting thing. It's they, they're going to have white guys on that crew too, but they're going to operate. There's the, the Black Lives Matter going to be a paramilitary group of the same Antifa army. And that's really what you're looking at. So you're looking at those who, are, who don't have any responsibility for the rule of law. And their only job is to keep the, the populace quiescent. So in other words, bust some skulls. That's what's coming. And it's going to be coming to a door near you. Now, the question is, are we going to sit here and just wait for this to happen? Are we going to stand up and say no? Not only no, but hell no. And, That's right. Hell no. And sadly, there aren't enough people understanding the danger that they're in because they haven't taken the time to spend, you know, arguably 10,000 hours, more than that, 20,000 hours, because this has been going on five years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, of research, which is a you know 18 hour a day deal. It's 18 hours a day research and it's evidence and it's video evidence. It's irrefutable. That's why they censor us because you can't argue with what your lying eyes are showing you. So that's what they do right now. I find it so ironic. They say you didn't see that, like when when CNN's <laughs> reporting from the uh from the fires in Portland. Oh no, it's peaceful. You know. Yeah. Or CNN coming on and saying, "Don't read these documents. Only we in the media are allowed to read these. It's illegal for you to do that." Oh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. So, so this is this is a matter of 
This is a spiritual war, yeah. really, at the end of the day. And we have to stand up. If we're not standing up, we're going to be the lukewarm. And God will spew us out. That's right. Amen. So, listen, on that note, I know Jesse's got to run. She's got another show going. Uh, good dog. I get, I want to have you back on again. Um, and we're going to cover some more stuff. I, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for being one of the people who inspired me to to get mm -hmm. into this. And uh, and by the way, don't be one of those lukewarm ones that Good Dog was just talking about. Join the SOS Army today, yeah, and get yeah. your free download of a book. <laughs> but we are getting active, and we're getting a lot of people together. And yes, we're, we're going to be changing this service fairly soon, Good Dog. But there was a reason I had to go with it to start off with. But we'll cover that at another time. So. Yeah, I'd like to have you on our show as well. And uh, I think our, our audience would enjoy hearing what you have to say and how things have gone for you since that fateful day. Ah, listen, <laughs> I'm having the time of my life. You know, listen, uh, God has supernaturally equipped us to do this stuff. And it's not because I'm good, because I'm not, <laughs> you know. Oh, I'm not a good dog, incidentally. That's another thing. I'm not. I was, I was... The only it's an it's a it's an objective is to become uh, is to is to is to have the Holy Spirit flow through me so that Amen. I can actually be the good dog. That's right. Because I yeah I was definitely not a I was a bad dog and that's a fact. <laughs> and, and speaking of bad dogs, on Thursday we've got what's it? John Ramirez. Oh yeah, John Ramirez. Ram Ramirez. Yes. yes, that should be a good show. Talking about a guy who went from testimony. Yeah, went from uh, you know a high level Satanist to uh, to now fighting and uh, and basically uh, partnering in many ways of what Jesse's doing and uh, going around the town. So uh, fighting the enemy again. We fight in the spirit and things manifest in the physical. But sometimes you got to take physical action. So I want to thank Good Dog for coming on, Jesse. Always great to see you. Uh, audience, please keep Jesse in your prayers because what she's doing is very important work. So in the meantime, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio.